us in order to cause us to sin in hopes that we will stray from God and continue to live in sin. The Bible reveals to us the tactics that Satan uses, and it is also tells us exactly how to resist him so he will flee from us. And the good news is we are victorious in Christ. Uh, today we look into or look at, at the tactics that Satan uses uh, in battle uh, against us, which the two things that I mentioned is fear and doubt. Uh, the, these are just a couple of things. There's many things, but, you know, we would uh, just cover a few of them or a couple of them. Fear is the belief that someone or something poses a threat. I mean, how many of us in here has dealt with fear at some point in time in our life, whether it even be from a child you know, with maybe being scared of the dark even. You know, I mean, there, there's fear that's instilled within us at different times with different things, different situations. Uh, but the devil will use fear against us for sure. It is the anticipation of danger, evil, or pain that may be real or imaginary. How many times do we just imagine things? How many times do we borrow trouble, so to speak? Yet we, we think about different scenarios and different things that's, you know, probably never going to happen, but it becomes a, a real fear and a real battle in our minds. It can be crippling and or controlling, and this fear is one of the tactics that Satan uses to grab hold of us. The truth is, Satan knows the weakness of our minds and uses these weaknesses to influence fear over us. He uses fear for several reasons. One he diminishes, it diminishes our courage and causes us to retreat. So we won't stand, as far as if we're, if we're battling, if we retreat, there's not much of a battle left. We've done give in at that point. So we, you know, the devil knows that tactic works. And it's a proven tactic that he's used time and time again and on, on a lot of us, if not all of us. Uh, number two affects our ability to do the things we need to do. He steals our peace of mind. That's a big one there. How many times, you know, as far as instilling our peace of mind, I mean, if he can get us to worry, if he can get us to borrow the trouble, if he can get us to think upon things that, you know, may not even happen or different scenarios and different situations, uh, you know, he can, he can plant seeds at that point. Influences rational thoughts and actions in a negative way. How many times have we battled with ourselves as far as in thinking about something and even though we may see rationally how something is, we want to argue with ourselves and dispute that, you know, that we're wrong or, you know, that, well, this, this may still happen or that may happen or, you know, this scenario's not going to play out like we would want it to. I think the most important reason why Satan uses fear as a weapon against us is that fear is a direct opposition to our faith. Being fearful completely contradicts an important promise of God in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, which says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So the Bible plainly tells us here not that, that he gives us the spirit uh, against fear. He doesn't give us fear. He gives us a, against the fear and power of love and of a sound mind. So the devil doesn't want us to have any of that because with that, that alone right there, 
we can defeat the devil with anything that he would try to bring against us. If you feel anything other than power, love, or a sound mind in any situation, it's not coming from the Lord and goes against what the scripture says about God's promises. So no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what your situations are that you're facing, the devil's going to try to come against you, but there's the promise of God's word, and that's what we need to hide in our heart, and that's what we need to have in our mind. We need to have a sound mind. Let's be honest. Most of our fear is conjured up in our own minds. That is to say that most of what we are fearful of isn't even a real threat or will never happen anyways. When we are faced with the unknown, we go through every what-if scenario and usually end up landing on the worst-case scenario as what we think the outcome will be. I know, you know, especially as, you know, my kids has gotten to the point where they've gotten their license, especially, and letting them take off on their own and drive, I mean, there's been a fear that I've had on, on every one of them anytime they go anywhere. Uh, and, and that's... That's a fleshly thing that I battle with because I, I get myself worked up over it with all kinds of scenarios of things that's going to happen or possibly could happen or what if you know, situations instead of trusting in the Lord. Because the reality is whether they're sitting at home or whether they're out on the road or whatever, the Lord's going to take care of them. And whatever the, the scenario is, whatever the situation is, and whatever God's will is, is going to be whether they're at home or whether they're out. So I can only protect so much, but I can definitely pray and and. Ask, of course, that prayer is not only for them, but, you know, for myself as well. It is a crazy cycle, but we, we allow ourselves to go through it. So why does Satan want us paralyzed by fear? Well, fear causes weakness, and weakness will break us down. There are many reasons why the devil uses fear to attack us. And every reason is related to our relationship with God. Because ultimately, he doesn't want us having a relationship with God. Sure. Satan wants to stop or slow our spiritual growth, decrease our faith in God, confuse us in our calling. If God's called you to do something and you've got doubt in your mind, that's not from God. That's from Satan. He's trying to, he's trying to confuse you. He's trying to control your thoughts and your minds and create doubt because he knows if you ever grab hold of the faith and of what God has promised for you, that there will be no stopping you at that point. Control, uh, he wants to control us and keep us bound. Turn from God completely would be God, uh, Satan's ultimate goal. The Bible uses the words fear not or some version of these words multiple times throughout the scripture. If you are prone to fear, you may even write out some of the scriptures and use them to affirm God's promises to you. You can, we'll, we'll cover just a few that I've, that I've got down. There's, there's many, uh, not enough time to go over all of them, but have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 and 9. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Not some of your fears, not part of my fears, but all of my fears. That's in Psalms 34 and 4. 
Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31 and 6. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's Isaiah 41 and 10. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Hebrews 13 and 6. Satan has been using doubt as a weapon ever since the Garden of Eden. So why, why would we think that he would uh, put this tactic on the shelf? I mean, it actually worked then. So why would he not continue to, to, to use it now? Uh, in Genesis 3, 1 and 4, we see that the serpent, or the serpent at work. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. These, the serpent's words sowed seeds of doubt in Eve's mind, but rather than tell the serpent that God had commanded them not to eat from the tree, Eve succumbed to the devil's tactics. She let his words influence her in her actions. Imagine if she had stood firm on God's words and not eaten the fruit. What would the outcome have been at that point? Would have been drastically different. But how many times do we believe the lies of the devil? And we can look back at scenarios, everybody in here can, of the times that we believed the devil, we believed his tactics, and we've given in to them and seen what the outcome has been. So, you know, that's the thing that, you know, we, we have to chalk some things up to learning. We go before God, and fortunately God's willing to forgive us of things that we do wrong or mistakes we've made. Uh, and then move forward and learn from that. Anyway, we can learn a lesson from this. Stand fir firm on the word of God when doubt creeps in. A few ways of how we do this. Be honest about your doubts and face them. We all have doubts. We all have fears. We all have different scenarios, different situations. Some of my doubts may not be the same doubts as you have. Uh, and vice versa, but I have to face my doubts, and I have to go before the Lord and ask him to help me with those. Uh, if, if I'm honest before the Lord, he's going to help me with, you know, he's, he's promised in Scripture that he's, gonna, he's there for us, and he's going to help us through. Commit your doubts to the Lord. Fill your heart and mind with God's word. So that's a pretty important one right there, because especially in the world that we live in with so much negativity and doubt and and various things going on, it's important that we remember the big picture. It's, it's kind of the saying, we, if you skip to the back of the book, we know that we win. We know that, that ultimately, no matter what we deal with, what we battle here, we know we win in the end. Right. 
So there's no reason to, to get off course with the, the things that the devil tries to throw at us because we know everything he's going to throw at us to try to distract us or deceive us or to knock us off track is a lie because we win. You know, Satan uses doubt in order to move us away from God. He uses several tax, tactics to do this, but with doubt, he makes it personal. He uses it in our relationship with God. So when he uses something personal, he's not going to use something against me that doesn't generally bother me as an issue. He's going to use something that he knows is an issue with me or a weakness with me or in my mind. And that's where he's going to try to get his foothold in with causing that doubt and causing that fear within me. Because if he can get a hold of me in that manner, then if, if I'm not careful, he, he'll have you at that point. You know, and, and you're going the wrong direction. Satan wants us to doubt. He wants us to doubt God's love, his grace, and mercy toward us. He wants us to doubt our salvation. Ultimately, he wants us to doubt the word of God. If we will doubt even one of these things above, the devil thinks he's got us. Remember, it's God's love, grace, and mercy that led him to, to the earth, uh, enrobed in flesh, and give his life, and give his life for us so that we you know, basically have salvation. When you accept the gift of salvation, you begin to understand and accept all that the word of God says and realize that truth, the truth that's in his word. Satan does not want any of that for us. Have you ever wondered how in the world God could love you? Has that ever been a thought in your mind? Has that ever been, you know, how am I lovable? Uh, you know, whether it even be with God or with someone else or just, you know, sometimes we get down on ourselves, and, you know, sometimes we have pity parties and, you know, things like that. And, and that's the things that, that the devil wants to keep us kicked down and, and, and cause us to have that doubt. Have you ever questioned your salvation? I know I have before. These things are, these are the things that the devil puts in our minds to make us doubt. It is up to us to seek the truth in the word of God and stand up against the devil when he tries to use doubt against us. Now, I must say, I believe that if we let these doubts go on for too long, we will end up responsible for them. And there's no reason why we should allow that to go on because the Bible gives us scripture against that and, and, and gives us what we need you know, to, to take a stand against that. And I know that's easier said than done, naturally. In Luke 1, 11 through 20, we read the story of Zacharias when he was visited by the archangel Gabriel, who had news that he and his wife would have a son. <clears throat> then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Zacharias, for you, your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear, a, bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. 
and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts and the fathers of the fathers to the children and the disobedient and the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to this angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, words which will be fulfilled in their own time. So the point to bring out here is that Zacharias heard this news straight from the throne of God via Gabriel. If you, if you had an angel come before you and give you a promise from God, would you believe it or would you have doubt? I mean, it sounds like, you know, when we read this, it's easy to, to think, oh, if, if it happened to me, I, I would believe that. But the reality of it is, is our flesh so many times gets in the way and doubt and fear creeps in that we start questioning things and we start questioning what God's promises are for our lives and what he has, has told each and every one of us because he's promised each and every one of us certain things and some, some have seen it come to pass. Some we're still wait, maybe waiting on or waiting to see. But if it's a promise from God, it's going to happen. And we see in verse 18 clearly that he doubts about the blessings he is to receive. Upon hearing Zacharias's doubts, Gabriel informs him that because he did not believe his words, he would be made mute until the fulfilling of the blessing. That seems severe for just a little bit of doubt, or could it be that even a little bit of doubt within us breaks the heart of God? I mean, the reality of it is, is if, if I come you know, and tell you something and it's, you know, it's, and you doubt it and it's a real thing, you know, then I'm going to be saddened by it, but I'm nowhere even comparison to God. You know, when God tells you something and you have that doubt, that's not of God, that's of Satan. That's the devil trying to destroy you, trying to destroy your mindset to keep it from happening and coming to pass. After all, if Satan plants seeds of doubt, aren't we supposed to resist the devil according to James 4 and 7? James also tells us in chapter 1, verse 6, that if we are to ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. If we doubt God's power, his love, his gifts, anything, then why would we even pray to him or make a request or even trust him? So that's, a, that's pretty powerful to me because if I'm not even going to believe or not even going to have faith, why would I even pray to begin with? Why would I take an issue to God? Why would I ask God for something? Why would I ask God to help me with something? Why would I ask him to, to move in my life or my family's lives or to heal someone, a loved one, or to touch their ones? You know, if, if I'm going to have doubt, why would I even ask to begin with? There would be no need for it. We need to learn to stop the doubt in its tracks before it takes any kind of root. How to stop fear and doubt? 
Remember that God's word is truth. And the truth is that Satan cannot touch you unless you let him. So the things that, that happens a lot of times in our lives as far as is because doubt has crept into our, our life and we've allowed things into our life and allowed things to happen because of that doubt. The cure for both fear and doubt is faith. <clears throat> Affirm God's word to overcome fear and doubt. Affirming God's word will help to overcome any fears or doubts that may arise. Here are just a few examples of affirmations of God's word that you can speak out loud when you fear or feel fear or have doubt. For one, I believe in the name of Jesus Christ, therefore I am a child of God. John 1 and 12. I am born again, so the wicked one cannot touch me. God in me is greater than he who is in the world. 1 John 4 and 4. I have authority from Christ Jesus to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means can hurt me. God is with me wherever I go, so I will not be afraid. In any scenario where you find yourself falling from or falling for the enemy's tactics, remind him that he has no power over you. That includes when you are fearful or have doubts. The, the devil, it, I mean, the scriptures plainly tells us that he has no power over us if we don't allow that. That's where the problem comes into play with our flesh because we allow things. Fear and doubt do not come from the Lord. They are weapons used against us by the enemy to try to get us to turn away from God. We have everything we need to stand up and stand firm against every single thing that the devil throws at us. As we grow in our faith, the devil becomes weaker and weaker. But that doesn't mean that he gives up trying. So with that being said, we're going to be fighting until the end. I mean, he's never going to give up until, until, it's, until it's over. He's going to continue to try to influence, influence us. Uh, but if we, we need to try to grow in our faith, we need to make it a point to get with God daily in prayer and keep our focus on him at all times in every situation. Of course, we live in a busy, busy world, you know, a lot of stuff going on. And a lot of times it's, you know, we, we feel like, oh, it's hard to set aside time for prayer or, you know, for reading the scripture and things like that. But if we will actually take a look at what we do each and every day of our life and what we, what we have going on and what we do, you'll be amazed at how much extra time we would have if we set other things aside. And it would, it's way more important to set the other things aside and make sure we're focusing on reading God's word, uh, you know, praying and things of that nature versus, you know, some of the other things. That's, that's definitely less important and that in most cases doesn't have a positive impact on our lives. We need to read and study the Word of God in order to implant it into our hearts, and we need to give thanks and praise to the Lord for all that He does for us. The Word of God is true. When we resist the devil, he will flee from us. That's, uh, that's, that's all the, that I had, uh, but 
you know, I felt like it was uh, pretty important for us to understand uh, and just to bring a few points out and that there's nothing that we can't overcome because it's God's promise to us. I appreciate the word of God and how that it is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. And what we heard today was a systematic approach to how that we can conquer the adversary. We heard of his tactics and now we are informed with that information. It's our job to allow that information to cause us to have a reaction so that we can conquer the enemy. How many of you needed what you heard today? Is there anybody like me? You needed what you heard today. You deal with fear and doubt, and the devil is a deceiver, and he's very good at what he does. I don't think we should feel bad, Brother Kaiser, about being tricked by the adversary. All of us have. It's just now that we have this information, we need to make sure that we make application. Information alone is not sufficient. Information with application allows us to be victorious. I want to pray for you and ask that you would pray for me. Let's pray one for another that God would give us the courage to make application with the information that we receive. Father, we are thankful today for your word. It has been what we need. I know that your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and that it pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. God, you knew what our heart felt. You knew where we were. Now that we have the ability through your word, God, I thank you for the examples of Scripture that we can utilize. I pray that you would help us to do that. God, we've been encouraged to write Scriptures out, to write them down, to stand upon your Word. I pray against fear and doubt and pray, God, that you would empower and equip us to take action, to make application of the information that we've received and through that be victorious over the devil that we would not allow him to steal, kill, and destroy but that we might have that life that you have for us through your word, through your word, through your word. What I'm so excited about is that the scriptures that were given to us, Brother Kaiser encouraged us to write them out and to write them down. I know so many people that deal with anxiety. How many of you know someone that's dealing with anxiety even now? There are people that are dealing with that, and they... they have this battle that's going on in the mind. I was talking with someone before service today about health issues, etc., and how that really it's our mind, Brother Kaiser, that starts running, and we start thinking of the worst-case scenario, and, and really it's not nearly as bad as we thought it was, but the devil starts to do these types of things to us. We can conquer that and overcome that with the Word of God. And I encourage you to do what we were taught today. Get the book. Go to the book. Go to that resource that you have and take it and make application. Write those scriptures out. Let the devil hear you say. Let the devil hear you say what the word of God says. So many great scriptures. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. God bless you. We're going to take just a few moments break. And